0: morning and welcome back to the Renaissance Podcast. Hope you're having a great morning. We are going to have a little episode now today with um, more going through Dante, Purgatory and the second canto. And we're going to do this in part because we've been going so deeply into science, brain science lately, especially Ian McGilchrist, his new book, The Matter with Things. And after a while, it gets really... Um, you get deep into the technical and the scientific parts of the brain and how it works. And in some sense, according to the warnings in his work that you could easily get lost in your left hemisphere, which tries to analyze and model everything, uh, there's, a, there's always a, kind of a productive and healthy and, and uh, inspiring thing to go more into the right hemisphere. And that's uh, part of the reason why we're now going to step a little bit back from the science part, and then just enjoy a canto from Dante, which is then still in this framework, like more like right hemisphere, but it's just more like beauty, it's rebirth. It is uh, starting something new, and this is right after they left Inferno, all the vices, and now they're kind of sailing for better waters. So we're just going to go through the main main parts of the second canto, it's also so full of visual beauty in part because the first canticle, the first book is, is uh, except the brief beginnings. Uh, from chapter 3 in the first book, we're underground. Uh, so it's, it's this kind of claustrophobic. You, know, <laughs> uh, you just have stones around you all the time. Uh, except then also the last four sentences in the first book where they suddenly come out and then they once again see the stars. So Then we're on the beach of the island of Mount Purgatory, and the first chapter ends with pulling up a reed, so the pilgrim can can gird his waist with a reed, which is symbolic of humility. So this is, there's a huge point in this for the whole canticle, the whole book about the intellectual humility that is necessary to learn something new and to broaden your understanding. So this is why Cato as the guardian of the mountain tells Virgil to pick up a reed and then that is this kind of enabling little threshold to start a new process. And then instantly when he does that, many things start to happen in the second canto. So the opening is that the sun was touching the horizon now, the highest point of whose meridian arc was just above Jerusalem, and night, revolving always opposite to him, rose from the Ganges with the scales that fall out of her hand when she outweighs the day. Thus, where we were, Aurora's lovely face, with a vermilion flush on her white cheeks, was ageing in a glow of golden light. And then they had the first action happening. We were still standing at the water's edge, wondering about the road ahead, like men whose thoughts go forward while their bodies stay. This is interesting because this is where Dante uh, points to the, the, the difference between the life of the mind and what is happening outside of himself. There's, in many places, a clear distinction. When suddenly I saw low in the west, like the red glow of Mars that burns at dawn through the thick haze that hovers on the sea, a light, I hope to see it come again, moving across the waters at a speed faster than any earthly flight could be. So this is then the light of the boatman, kind of the angelic boatman, who is uh, transporting the souls from uh, this kind of the shores outside of Rome to Mount Purgatory in the afterlife. So these are the saved souls, but they still have to go through the climb of the of Mount Purgatory, depending on on their lives. It dep- then that determines <laughs> how much time they have to spend on the mountain. Uh, but this is when they're coming, and then what Dante says when he sees the light and he hopes to see it come again, it's a kind of a play on uh, that he's now visiting the afterlife with the purgatory as a living person, but he hopes that when he himself Dante then passes away, that he will then see the boatman, the angelic boatman, and that he will not sink down to inferno to uh, to Acheron, kind of the river of that leads to the underworld. So it's also then important to have this. The Aurora is the goddess of dawn. So vermilion flush on her white cheeks comes kind of this, this mix of, of uh, like the, a red flush and white cheeks and then it changes into this glowing golden light, which is one of, this, one of the countless images in the beginning of rebirth and beauty in itself. So there are over a hundred souls on the boat and then when they come to the shores, They're all singing in one single voice, which is about the harmony and the unity that you have in the purgatory as a contrast to Inferno, where everything is kind of separated. And then the song they're singing is In Exitu Israel di Egypta, which is taken from one of the Psalms, uh, but it's also then a symbol of liberation, of moving metaphorically out of Egypt into Israel from captivity to to freedom, to liberty, and then also in some sense of uh, a spiritual darkness into a spiritual light and and, uh, salvation. So the souls come onto the shores and then Dante meets an old friend. Uh, It's also very, there's such a lightness in this opening of the second book because you have humor as well as all this visual beauty and this kind of natural beauty. So he says there, one of the souls pushed forward, arms outstretched, and he appeared so eager to embrace me that his affection moved me to show mine. O empty shades, whose human form seem real. Three times I clasped my hands around his form, as many times as they came back to my breast. So he's trying to hug his friend, but he just kind of ends up hugging around himself instead. And this friend is then Casella. And then Dante makes a, a reference to his own poetry here with uh, that Casella starts singing a song which is called an Amor che nella mente mi ragiona, which is one of Dante's canzone, one of his po- poems, which means then the love that is, like literally it means the love that is in my mind, uh, r- reasoning or thinking or reflecting, or kind of what which is speaking to him in his mind. So it's a mix here of both his mind and to some extent something about rationality and intellect and love. So this is kind of united here already. And then when they're enjoying this song, which is just one more uh, expression of (laughs) having a a new start and like better waters, then comes Cato as the guardian of the mountain and he suddenly comes in and says, What's this, you lazy souls? It was the just old man. What negligence to stand around like this! Run to the mountain, sh- shed that slough, which still does not let the divine be manifest to you. So there's kind of a little push here from the, the s- symbolic character of, of um, just uh, s- moral integrity and character in Cato. So he then says, you should start the process of learning and of getting new insights, broadening your understanding and moving towards um, a more healthy way of approaching life and also making choices And for us as readers that we are learning about the virtues and the effect of the virtues and how it's a more constructive way of of creating a foundation for yourself. And then the last little part is just how they are suddenly a bit... There's a confused... um, Atmosphere suddenly, like a flock of pigeons that are now uh, immediately abandoning their food, flying away, ceasing by a greater need. So did that new formed flock of souls give up their feast of song and seek the mountainside, rushing to find a place they hoped was there. And the final verse is, and we were just as quick to take to flight. So this is then the end of the opening, kind of the introduction, the two first chapters. Where we have the setting and an abundance of imagery and metaphors for rebirth, and you have the souls, and you have also seen this angelic boatman and Cato, and now they're moving towards the mountain and the the work that will that will create some improvement. So uh, that's the main part of chapter two, and um, it's a joy to read as well. And we also feel instantly how this is such a different mental experience and mental world to be in compared to a more scientific mindset. So uh, it also then points to the challenge with combining in some sense both the kind of the old and the new but also the scientific and the more poetic. Uh, and this is something we're working on and trying to do and also trying to show. So I hope that in some sense, can be an inspiration to to ponder these these questions and kind of that challenge. Uh, we have Dante himself doing this. He he unifies science into so many of the cantos. So he shows us one way of doing it, and then uh, and then that might be an inspiration for us as well to to create this g- good balance between have a little point back to the science here between the hemispheres uh, but also between the more uh, technical way of looking at life and then the more broad poetic emotional uh, and also to some extent some more spiritual way of uh, enjoying the experience the perception and just the being in itself so with that we're going to stop this one here and um, Hope some of this was interesting, some inspiration on a, on a Sunday morning and hope you maybe have a good cup of coffee and maybe nice weather. It is super beautiful here today with blue skies and sun and a bit cold. So it's kind of this uh, winter fairy tale uh, atmosphere outside. So with that, thanks again and see you again in another episode. Bye for now.